This week, Facebook is entering the metaverse, the MLB is ignoring extortion, and TVs are more expensive. It's Sunday, October 31st, 2021, and this is episode 608 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through one of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course on our website, pluggitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us here in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plunkit's Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. Well, it's Halloween. We are back on Sunday. Things are both a little normal and a little weird all all together. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but how have you been this week? All right. Not bad. <sighs> Some more product launches this week, which we can talk about one major one, major one that, that came on Thursday later. Um, you know, it's been an okay week. Uh, I got to go out and do some nice trick or, trick or treating today with my kids. Fantastic. I was hoping to have like an RGB costume, uh, RGB goggles on my costume, but accidentally uh, broke one of the wires before I could go out and just couldn't re- didn't have time to like desolder and resolder. Um, I'm really bad. I don't know about you, but I'm really bad at desolder. At like once something has been soldered and it's broken getting the solder off to do it again uh-huh. or whatever is like, I find nearly impossible. Yeah. I need some kind of really good solder sucker, but you know, like they have ones that are sort of a vacuum thing. I would love to get, there's like, I think there's one that's like 150 bucks or 200 bucks. It's just, that's real expensive for a, that would be expensive for a soldering iron, let alone a desoldering iron. Uh-huh. But there is a like desoldering gun that you can get that like not only does it heat up the solder to liquefy it, but it actually has a thing in it that just sucks it out like a vacuum. Yeah. Um, so if you want to desolder stuff, it's fantastic, but that's super duper expensive. So, sure. so I haven't gotten one of those, but it's a pain because if I want to, to like unsolder something, I don't know. I've tried. For folks who know about soldering, which I don't know how many people in our audience do, I mean, maybe many, um, you know, there's the little wicks that you can get to try and get the solder to go off. Uh-huh. And there's the little like vacuum clicker things. And I've tried those and they don't really work for me. But um, so I don't know. Yeah, I've never One of had those luck. frustrating things. I've never had any luck. So, so I understand. And I've now I don't have any place to to do my soldering because my 3d printer is back there i gotta gotta find more space 
So, so speaking of 3D printers, uh, I got a notification that Monoprice had one on sale. A resin printer. Which one? On sale for 79 resin. bucks. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I can give you really quick advice here. Don't buy I'll it. Have, I'll um, have one of those soon. <laughs> oh, wait. You bought the $79 one? Oh, yeah. I had to see it have you printed? Okay. Have you printed in resin before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got we've for, got two of them over at Amrock. Okay. For for most people, I would really recommend against. Now, I should I say this by also saying that we just launched our best resin 3D printers page on Tom's Hardware uh-huh. this past week. But um, for people who are not really like, um, you know, who are just getting into 3D printing, anyone who has children in the house. Um, Resin 3D printing involves using some really noxic, toxic, you know, noxious, uh, poisonous chemicals. And so you got to wear a mask when you're doing it. You got to wear gloves. Even after it's printed, you got to be to to wash it off or whatever. So while you can get some really fantastic, some really good quality models out of it, the, um, the consequences, the, of doing so the ability yeah. to do so is is much is much more difficult so granted granted both resin and fdm 3d printing has gotten really cheap now but yeah uh, i mean the printer behind me the elegoo neptune 2 regularly goes for 159 and that's one that has it's fdm and is good so right it's not um you know, it's not that. I mean, the printer, like regular printing, the regu- the printer itself is no longer the expensive part. Right. It's the consumables, and even there, the consumables aren't that crazy unless you get, you know, really into different colors and different materials. You can get a kilogram of FDM filament for twenty bucks, and that would last you quite a while. So, it's it's not. It's not a horribly expensive hobby until you start, like any hobby, modifying, trying new things, going outside the box a little bit. Sure, sure. Well, I figured at seventy nine bucks, it was a it was a fun one to uh, to add <laughs> to my lineup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, try it. Just make sure that you are in a ventilated room with rubber gloves and a mask yeah. and maybe a bunny suit or or something. <laughs> Like like the pajamas from 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 the no you know, what do they movie? call it I know I'm just no the bunny around. suit the things that yeah anyway the ones that wear it like mess- Intel when they're inside the clean room or whatever <laughs> I'm messing with yeah. you Abram ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway yeah it was it was a uh, a fun little uh, thing I'm excited to to put my hands on it because I figured a seventy nine dollar resin printer I have to see this thing in action. Compared to our big expensive resin printer that we have at Amrock, I cannot wait to see how the same thing prints <laughs> across the the two devices. That's and at seventy nine dollars, I'm like that's that's an experiment I'm willing to run. Anyway, <laughs> um, it is Halloween. I'm gonna let all of our people know that there's always the possibility, um, however slim that some noise will happen in the background because we absolutely have trick-or-treaters still out. Uh, so <laughs> there's always the possibility that uh, that 
we will get trick-or-treater noise uh, during the show. But unlikely now that it's after nine uh, here on the East Coast. But we've got a lot to talk about with our first topic being um, a bigger one than normal. So we're going to shift things up a little bit tonight. Uh, but we will be starting right now like normal. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, a new Xbox, crossing your fingers, uh, some games, and a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. And to browse the products and learn more about the discount, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So this week something happened that was long rumored um, and a response to uh, some movements inside the company. Facebook, the corporation, has officially changed its name. Now, I say that because there's been a lot of confusion <laughs> about what's going on. A number of commentators that I, I watch regularly believed that the platform was changing its name. and So... The corporation, Facebook, is changing its name. The platform, Facebook, is not. Um, the corporate, and part of that is because that's confusing, confusing, right? Because Facebook owns Facebook, but Facebook owns Instagram. What? So, <laughs> that's no longer the case. The corporation is now called Meta, and all of the products, almost all of the products underneath <laughs> are maintaining their names. Uh, so Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're all keeping their names except for one, which we'll talk about in the next segment. Um, but why meta? Well, because Facebook's been messing around with the concept of a metaverse, which I feel like they think is new. It's not, but that's okay. Um, the biggest question that I've seen is, what is a metaverse? Well depending on exactly how you define it, even Facebook itself currently could, on the loosest of terms, be considered a, a metaverse. It's simply a virtual environment in which you can interact with other people also in that virtual environment. It doesn't have to be virtual reality by the loosest of definitions, but in modern times, it absolutely is. Um, and... Facebook has been getting heavy into virtual reality. We have actually seen the Metaverse product in action a couple of times at uh, past uh, Facebook events, but never referred to that way. Um, just we've seen, you know, uh, Zuckerberg recently did an interview in a virtual environment that we now know was uh, the Metaverse product. And that's the, that's the big thing. The company is changing its focus to put a lot of focus into this metaverse concept. There's, like I said, there's a lot of confusion about exactly what's going on, but I don't know. I don't know about you, Avram. Obviously, you have different channels that you that you tune into. Uh, no, I don't mean television. <laughs> I mean just like on social and stuff. There's different things that you see than what um, I see. Everything I, I mean, saw, people didn't seem excited 
the the best case scenario was people didn't care. The worst case scenario was people were comparing it to like a '60s dystopian sci-fi film. <laughs> Look, I mean, you can't ignore the elephant in the room, which is that Facebook has been, you know, even in the past week has been in the news again for all kinds of negative behaviors, highlighting, doing things to sort of keep people enraged by highlighting content that generates anger and things like that, or allowing, you know, not doing anything or much to crack down on, uh, on all kinds of, you know, negative, let's just say negative content on, on Facebook. Um, so you could say this is a distraction. On the other hand, I, my thought of this is that it's a lot like Google when it changed its name to Alphabet, right? Google changed its, Google Incorporated owned Google and all the other things that Google has, like Nest, right? And then and they then decided, outside hey, of Google, because there were right. things that that the Google the the search and ad brand didn't touch. That and right. that's why they exactly. went and change the upper echelon. Same thing here. Right. So, right. So they're changing the, their Facebook is a brand that Meta owns. And now Google is a brand that Alphabet owns. So there, you know, there you have it. It does it, does it matter? I mean, does it not really? Now, the interesting thing is the first thing I heard when I heard that the name was thought when I heard that the name was Meta was that there used to be a and a company called Meta that made AR glasses. Uh, they were a and I hadn't heard from them in a while and it turns out that they basically went out of business in 2019 although they've now relaunched as a new with a new name campfire uh, but meta um was a company that started in 2013 that had um an office in silicon valley which I actually visited once that was a wild visit because they're i had a really hard time finding the entrance they were their office was located on some some place where the guy who owned the land or whatever liked to collect tanks, old tanks. And so there were like all kinds of decommissioned like tanks and military vehicles. I was going to make you clarify because it could be water tanks or it could be. No, no, no. I mean, like, I mean, military tanks, right? Okay. Um, and, uh, Right. So, but anyway, that was neither here nor there. So they had some very impressive um, AR glasses. And I remember I did a demo once with them where they showed me how you could like, you know, this was even before HoloLens was a thing. Like you're talking 2013, 2014, um, where they had, they would have something where you could train a surgeon by having them perform like on a sort of virtual dummy uh and Uh just really really um interesting stuff although um 
Although I'm not sure how many people ever bought the, the Meta 2, which came out in 2016. Uh, it was declared, a company was declared insolvent in 2019. Uh, a company called MetaView bought the assets. Uh, and then in 2021, the company name was changed to Campfire and said it plans to release a collaboration system for design and engineering, but I don't know if they're doing more hardware. But anyway, I heard this. I was like, oh, wait, does this have, you're talking about the metaverse. Does this have anything to do with the meta reality glasses? I guess not. But, um, but anyway, meh, you know, okay. I mean, I don't like, I don't like companies coming along and kind of changing their name to something that's very generic because yeah. then they kind of um, dilute the meaning of other things that use that name. So like, right. Uh, what about all of our meta tags and metadata? Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't like it as a name yeah. because I'm, not I'm because not a fan either. it's not cute, but because it's too, um, it's too, it's, it could easily be confused with, right. you know, we talk about like, Oh, did you put all the right metadata on your webpage? Oh, there's metadata in this image or whatever. So now people are going to think like, oh, that's data for Facebook. Like people no, believing that that yeah. app is short for Apple. A lot of people believe oh, that. I didn't know that people actually thought that. Yeah, a lot of people what, think that. What gets me about app is is when they start to use it at restaurants. Like, <laughs> like don't do that. You, know, you ever go to like, you know, one of those... They only do it at a certain kind of restaurant too. It's it's like at Applebee's or something. Yeah, I was or, just going to say TGI Fridays, where they you know try to be all I don't know cute, yeah. and they say, "Oh, we've got special on our apps." And no, 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 don't do that. But um, but but anyway, yeah. Uh, look. All right, so they feel that they need to do this because they're building an empire or whatever, and maybe also the Facebook brand is tarnished. So they can they they think this untarnishes some of the other brands like Instagram or I don't you know whatever else they're they're building their VR stuff. So okay, whatever. I mean. I don't I think this has received too much attention. The Facebook wants attention for this. We we should not we should not give it to them. Well, like, the thing that I'm interested in is the actual metaverse itself, not the not the renaming. Yes. That's right. Fairly innocuous, like you said. Eh. They own more things. Right. This was inevitable. Yeah, the I actual mean, metaverse they're... itself it seems like everybody is looking at this, in my view, which might be a different mm. ecosystem. Mm. Uh, but what I saw, mm. nobody seems to have responded positively to this. Well, so, I mean, first of all, we've seen this sort of, is this supposed to be sort of like Second Life? Uh, or kind of. The PlayStation Home? Home? Ready Player One? PlayStation Home? So this in is fact, so this is in basically fact, in the video uh, that that Zuckerberg yeah. showed, uh, which by the way the barbecue sauce best part of the whole thing. Anyway, yes, um, right that he uses as a bookend. Yeah, 
Use a sweet this baby where, raised barbecue sauce as a bookend. This is where humans keep the barbecue sauce, right? Uh, yes. Um, but uh, the video that that he showed, where he's like, you know, when you when you come in, you start in your home location, and I'm like, oh yeah, this looks just like PlayStation Home, and nobody cared. I mean, look, I think there is. I actually think there is a market for something like like this and if anyone was going to accomplish it anytime soon it would probably be facebook because facebook has the numbers it has the people it has the platform i'm not saying this is a good thing um but i think there is i mean certainly people want to do more in terms of online collaboration and online meetups um Sure. Google perhaps could have been a center for this, but Google decided that it that it doesn't want to compete in social really um, when it killed Google Plus. So who you know, I think Facebook has become a monopoly largely because other companies have sort of dropped out of trying to compete. Yeah, Twitter is sort of a different thing. So so yeah, I think I think they have a shot with this to get people to use it it does sort of sound the idea of people spending their life in virtual reality sounds like somewhat of a dystopian nightmare but sure it's not it's not too different than how i mean let's think about what people are doing today right they are spending a lot of time on facebook they're just not wearing goggles to do it they are spending a lot of time hanging out with other people in virtual space when they game when they play fortnite all this stuff so you know this is just sort of the next lot that kind of thing is the next logical step and i can totally see people doing it on the other hand facebook is is has the numbers and the resources to do this better than anybody to to see success in this area but it's also um it's also very uncool with the cool kids right now sure so so i'm not so i'm not actually sure if they can succeed because they are they went from being a college kids uh college hip hipsters site to being an old people site in right a space of a few years mm -hmm. and not everybody is um even internally not everybody's uh believing that this that facebook can succeed with it um, they, um, the, the CTO of Oculus, uh, John Carmack, who also is a co-founder of id software said, uh, I don't know during his presentation at the event, he was like, I don't know, I'm going to back it, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like this is the right approach, <laughs> which was incredible. And then, then quickly, like backtracked because I think he realized that he was on a Facebook stage um, and and said that, you know, if if they can focus on on meaningful, connectable things like like Minecraft or Roblox, then then there might be a chance for success. But as it stands, he's like, no, I don't think so. But the good news is that even with uh even with the the this new focus on on the metaverse within VR, 
you know, like like John said, you've got to you've got to focus on on things inside. You can't just be PlayStation Home. Um, and so they did show off uh, some stuff. They talked about Project Nazaire, which is uh, AR glasses. Um, we haven't seen them. We haven't heard a whole lot. We've always known. <laughs> we've known for a couple of years that Facebook was in this space, uh, but they've never talked about it. And they talked about um, uh, AR glasses that would kind of be complementary, right, to, to the VR um, because some of what we saw in the a in the VR world, you know, Zuckerberg pulling up Messenger, um, could also be accomplished in the real world with with augmented reality glasses. It's one of the things that Microsoft showed off with Skype on the Hololens years ago now, right? Uh, and now there there's also um, a possible smartwatch that's that's in the works. Uh, so they're they're Focus hasn't switched entirely to this, I guess, is is my point. So, I mean, at least they're not abandoning everything in the in the in the search for the metaverse. I don't know. See, the 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 fall of the fall of AR. I don't know if it's fall of AR because AR on your phone and AR on. You know, in in certain um, capacities, is is very much a thing. But Absolutely. the fall of the AR glasses as a future that we were all trying to get to seems like I don't know. It, it's it saddens me because if you asked me a few years ago, you know, if you asked me a few years ago, I was like, oh, this is great! I can't wait to be wearing my AR glasses everywhere I go. Uh, it's going to help me like remember things and people and conversations and it's going to be great. Um, and then, um, and then I, you know, the Google glass came out, which was a, a really half-hearted effort in the first place. Yeah. And then what it exposed was that people were deadly unhappy and afraid of the surveillance of it. Right. Like, oh, I mean, you can talk about people thinking that the folks who were engaged in their glass were jerks or whatever. But I think what people really didn't like about Google Glass was the fact that they were that you were wearing a, a camera on your face. Right. Sure. Sure. So that got people that raised the ire of a lot of people. Hey, I'm being watched. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So I think we've got an article. Uh, from 2013 uh, that there was an organization called Stop the Cyborgs. Uh, that organization had created uh, like stickers that companies could put on their doors and their windows that basically said Google Glass banned here. Um, and there was uh, at least one legisl legislator in West Virginia who was trying to to past legislation to ban things like Google Glass. So yeah, there was there was definitely a right. lot of that kind of concern. Yeah, and I don't see that those feel even though we don't have Google Glass, which by the way, not that many people had a Google Glass. What did it maybe right. five thousand people get one? It wasn't it, you know the publicity was far outweighed the actual usage yeah. of it. But 
you know, after that, we haven't really seen a great push to to give people, you know, we've seen companies sort of come out with things like HoloLens, where they then say, yeah, people, you can't really wear it outside. You've got to wear it around the office. It's so expensive. Right. No regular person can buy it. So, like, yeah, they weren't I don't designed know. to be I, consumable. I don't know if there's... But we've got, now we've yeah. got Meta. We've got Meta doing this project, Nazaire. We know that Apple's been working on on an iPhone-powered AR uh, glasses. And I'll tell you, the response to um, to the Ray-Ban stories, which not while not AR glasses really, they were covert spy cameras. There didn't seem to be any any major negative response to those the way there were to Google Glass. Yeah, I mean, my two cents on this is that you, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of privacy out in a public space right? in the first place. I mean, I certainly don't like the idea that, it, you know, I think like anybody else, if you were talking to your friend and they're like, hey, wait a second, I hope you're not recording this, right? But the, um, and maybe uh, that need From Futurama, the iPhone. Yes. I mean, there was a there's a great episode of Dark Mirror, uh, mm-hmm. where it's the near future and everybody records everything in yeah. their memory storage and can play it back at any time, and uh, it shows just how terrible it is to actually be able to have access to all of photographic memory of everything and right. accessible to other people too. So. Um, so actually when you think about it, uh, yeah, I, I see, I see the objections. I don't know how we get around those. Is there a way to, to make it so people, so it just doesn't record anything like you can't take pictures, you can't record, but you can use this for AR. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a way of doing that convincingly. It'll be interesting to see what this kind of next generation looks like right because the next generation what what meta is talking about here is that that the actual electronics will be no more than five millimeters thick and so it's not going to be like hey look i'm a google glass it's it's going to just look like glasses and that's what apple's been talking about as well so this next generation could be very different and very interesting so it'll be interesting to see how people respond to it uh, if that future ever actually materializes, which I think you and I have had off-air conversations. Neither of us are particularly convinced that that, <laughs> that future will actually materialize for some of these reasons. So I guess we'll see. Uh, we've got, I warned you, things were going to be a little different because we're going to keep talking about meta in just a second. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is probably powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Crates get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. 
ad. And to learn more about the crates that are available and discounts that are going on right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash loot crate. All right, so let's continue on this topic. Uh, in this case, we're going to talk about Oculus, which, of course, if you're talking about a metaverse, right, a, v a virtual VR environment from Facebook, <laughs> Oculus is going to be a big part of that. Kind of. Um, as it turns out, they've decided to retire the Oculus brand. The brand that is, for most consumers, synonymous with virtual reality. Which is an interesting move, in my view. But, I think I understand what they thought they were up to. Um, I think what they see is... This is the core. This is the thing that makes the metaverse possible. This is the thing that meta makes. And so um, the Oculus Quest is officially going to be called the uh, the Oculus Quest from Facebook <laughs> is officially going to be called the Meta Quest. And the Oculus app is going to be renamed the Meta Quest app. Uh, effective soon. So... That's a surprise to me because Oculus kind of, from a brand perspective, is kind of like iPad, almost, in that it kind of means VR for a lot of people. Not for us, but for a lot of people, they don't even know that H the HTC Vive exists outside of our occasional talking about it. Yeah, the other problem here is that doesn't isn't Oculus not been soiled with some of the negativity of the Facebook brand? Kind of. And the little bit of soiling that has happened, that's the next part, uh, the little bit of soiling that has happened was when uh, Facebook required Oculus to require a Facebook account. So let's use new names. When Meta required the Oculus hardware to require a Facebook account be, to be able to install any apps on it, um, that was the only soiling and people disliked it so much that there is an unofficial third party firmware and operating system build online for the hardware that my brother has <laughs> to get around the Facebook login. Everything else works, but it gets you around the Facebook login. Um, and so, uh, Meta has announced that Facebook is out, uh, next year. That requirement's going to go away. They're working on... Uh, removing it from the requirement list now. Apparently they heard that everybody right. hated it. Right. So I don't know. I mean, they now they're calling attention by renaming it Meta. They may be calling attention to its relationship to Facebook again. Right. Uh, so, I mean, on the other hand, the, they have been the dominant force in VR, although I, I think HCC has done a pretty good job, but I agree. As far as just, I'm sure in terms of sales and support. So, yeah, I mean, they, we will have to see whether this has a negative impact on the brand or sales, but it, it probably, I think, obviously, they're also trying to grow. The right. most interesting thing that I saw here is that, uh, uh, GTA San Andreas is coming uh -huh. out. Yeah. So specifically designed for is, VR on the Quest hardware. Is that 
is that the killer title we've been waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like it would be personally traumatizing to, to have a first person perspective of uh, carjacking and beating up hookers. That's that seems traumatizing See, to me. I I I'm gonna admit complete ignorance here in that I have never played a GTA game. Okay, so they they seem they not to sound all like a you know school marm or whatever but i yeah i <laughs> there's a, i don't there's a like, phrase you don't hear often I, I yeah i'm not sure what the not to be like you know wagging my finger at people for the games that they like to play or you know whatever i don't know it's it it, it didn't appeal you know that kind of thing doesn't doesn't appeal to me I'm totally uh, with personally it. so so i i just remember years and years ago one time uh my 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 biggest memory of GTA is years ago uh, when my wife and I were, you know, had been dating a year or two. I remember maybe the first year we went to to Christmas at her sister at my sister in law's house, and her son was like thirteen at the time. And and one of uh, one of their guests was like, "You know, your son is playing Grand Theft Auto, right?" And she was like, yeah, what's that? It's like, you know, that's a game where you beat up prostitutes, right? Your 13-year-old is beating up prostitutes. And she was like, oh, I didn't know what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so a good, a good uh, you know, story of watch what you, you know, watch what you allow your kids to play, in other words. For sure. Now that kid is, to tell you how long ago that, to tell you how long ago that it is, now that kid is, 30 <laughs> yeah and it's not has, a particularly has four children game. of his own um so uh so yeah i i don't know i mean i know a lot of people love the gta games i don't yeah. really know much about them I so know i don't know people, i know lots of people who have played and enjoy those games to me doing doing it in vr is going to be a different experience though yeah, so I, I have no idea, but what it does sound interesting to me is that they've taken a popular game and right. put it into VR, which right. is not something that has happened too much. I can't right. really name any others. You know, now that has that have that where they've taken an entire existing game and ported it for VR versus like uh uh Half Life Alex or something like that, where they have taken the franchise and created a VR title around it. Which is not quite the same as taking Half Life Two and putting you in a VR headset and sending you off into the world. I mean, whoever can do either, whoever can do a VR, get permission to do Minecraft VR is going to be golden, uh, because holy cow, is that addictive! Like my son is super addicted to Minecraft, and all of his friends are super addicted to Minecraft, and. This has been going on now for like what ten years, so, um, you know, some something like that, which has just incredible replay value. If if that could be put into to VR, then they'll really have something. But hey, look, they've taken a, a title, an adultish title that people like to play, and they put it into VR. That must mean something for VR, although I don't know if it means means a lot. Uh, yeah, I do also know that that gta has 
been on version five for like what eight years or some ridiculous amount of time yes now uh so and the original my prediction trilogy is, is getting a remake yeah. is getting a remaster and san andreas is coming to vr there is no six in the works that is that is where i well uh so somebody by the, the time it comes room, out Somebody in the chat yeah. room said Microsoft Minecraft VR is semi already a thing. Really? I have not. I would love to know where that is, how you do that. If I hope they're not talking about Minecraft Earth, uh, which was the Minecraft AR for your Minecraft. phone. Minecraft.net VR. Explore Minecraft in VR. Get right inside the world of Minecraft with virtual reality. Well, okay, it must not be that popular then because no, I've heard of it. Well, yeah, let's I'm... not mention this in front of my son. He will never come out for air if he had a VR headset to, to do Minecraft. Yeah, good. We'll good never call. see him again. You can, we'll you can already play it. It's bad enough you, now. You can already play it on Oculus. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Oculus in... Uh, in quotes um all right i am getting all kinds of of comments in here uh uh unfortunately there's a dialogue over it so i'm looking through a half haze uh also it sounds like gta vr is going to be mostly for the role-playing aspect of the community that's interesting uh Some ordinary gamers actually slept in Minecraft for six months and continues to sleep in it now. Oh, okay. There's lots of stuff happening in chat right now. Um, GTA role playing is great. huge. We've got two different topics happening. One on that's, YouTube. That's one great. On I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into this, but I'm definitely not gonna tell my nine year old about it because if I tell him about, if there is a, we don't have an Oculus headset oculus or meta headset anyway but you would demand one or find some way to get one if i told him there was a way to to do minecraft in vr it's also available on the oh. windows mixed reality headsets <laughs> anyway uh, for the five <laughs> people that have them yeah oh but, that poor platform but anyway by the time gta 6 comes out people won't be driving cars anymore anyway It'll just be all self-driving cars. You'll have to you'll have to steal a self-driving car. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's that concept is wildly amusing to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, obviously I have to pull up the chat over here now since lots of stuff is happening and I can't actually read it over there. So, if uh, for those of you who are watching live, plugitslive.com/slash/join us. Um, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can chat with us, uh, give us feedback on the topics while we talk about them, like uh, people on both YouTube and it looks like Twitch are doing. Uh, Oh, so one of them is Adam, my brother, who I mentioned earlier, who has the altered uh, stuff for the Oculus. He's the one who's telling us about GTA, I think. Uh, Nope. Somebody on Twitch is doing that. It might be Alante. It might all be staff members. Anyway, 
uh, <laughs> who aren't in the studio tonight. Anyway, um, it's all very interesting. Um, they've got that they are still like focusing on content, which is what what John had mentioned was that you needed content for this whole concept to work. Um, there's also uh, apparently a lot coming to Beat Saber, which Adam will appreciate. Um, they said, quote, we've got a lot of uh, high-profile artists coming in 2022 or something like that. Um, uh, and then they played a 12-second nothing trailer, which <laughs> was the most disappointing part of the entire event. Um, but that's, that's a good thing. Um, oh, an amazing lineup of artists is what what the quote was. So it's interesting. Um, lots of lots of stuff outside of the direct metaverse still coming to the hardware, which for me uh, was a fear, was that they would lose that. But you know, everything could go over to HTC, and I think we'd we'd all be okay. Um, but obviously, we will be keeping an eye on all of this. Going forward, um, you know, the meta rename, the metaverse, all of this stuff coming to what used to be called Oculus. Uh, we'll keep an eye on all of it because obviously this is an evolving story that's just getting started now. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Pure VPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with Pure VPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices, and you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. Oh, your drumming <laughs> made me laugh. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> All right. So it is literally the last day of Techtober. <laughs> um, and this week brought us another product announcement. Yes. So um, also this week, by the way, I should mention that I think there was... We We also had, uh, you know, we also had some information about about Intel stuff this week. But let's talk about let's talk about the important uh, announcement from Thursday. This is the new Raspberry Pi Zero Two W uh, single board computer. Uh, so, for those of you who have not been watching this. Our show religiously, and why haven't you been? Um, you might not know that um, Raspberry Pi is a huge phenomenon with over 40 million of these boards sold, of Raspberry Pi boards sold in the last nine plus years that Raspberry Pi has been out. This, uh, there are several, there are many models of Raspberry Pi, and this is the latest one. So uh, the previously there was the Raspberry Pi Zero and Zero W, which came out, I think the Zero W was 2017. Uh, and those looked identical to this, physically, same ports, every layout, everything. But 
they were a mere single core, uh, single core uh, compute, single core processor with uh, 512 megabytes of RAM. So uh, the zero two W adds um, upgrades the processor to quad core, a quad core ARM Cortex A53. So that makes it significantly faster than the old zero. Now, why would you want a zero as opposed to a more full size Raspberry Pi like the one that I have in this case here? Try to dig out a bare Raspberry Pi, but I don't seem to have one within arm's reach at the moment. Well, it fits into a lot more spaces. It's less expensive. Uh, this is going to go for, this is going now for $15. Uh, it has built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, uh, although only 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, 802.11n, not 802.11ac or 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 the new Wi-Fi 6. Uh, but you can do you can do quite a bit with this. The original Zero uh, worked for uh, doing some game emulation. You could use it. You could build your own sort of Game Boy Game Boy style console with it. Uh, this can emulate uh, more. This can emulate more significant games. So, where the previous one, maybe it could do, you know, maybe it could do a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of emulation of older stuff. This can actually do, I think, like a a PS equivalent of a PlayStation One emulation, where the previous model could not at all do machine learning. Uh, this can do uh, object recognition at a at a frame rate of about 1.75 frames a second. So, if you're pointing it at faces or objects or whatever, you can use it for that. Uh, so, it is a a noteworthy upgrade. It is still 512 megabytes of RAM, unfortunately, because the RAM and the um, and the processor are all one unit, so one on top of the other. So they couldn't easily get more RAM into the into the upgrade. Um, other than that, what you what you have here is what you've had on on the prior model on the zero and zero W. And the difference, by the way, is that the zero has no no Wi-Fi and costs five dollars. The zero W has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth that costs ten dollars. And then this is the zero two W that's fifteen dollars and no, there's no zero two uh, without Wi-Fi, but they wanted to be consistent. So in the naming, so what you have here is two uh, micro USB ports, one of which is for power only, and one of which is for data. Uh, you have mini HDMI out for your video. Uh, you you data is stored on the micro SD card slot here. Uh, that's what, what you boot off of. Obviously, you can run Raspberry Pi OS on this, which is uh, Raspberry Pi's version of Debian Linux, but you can also run many other operating systems like versions of Ubuntu. Uh, and over here, they don't come pre-soldered, but you can solder them, are the 40 GPIO pins, which allow you to, once you put uh, solder pins into them, use it to attach an entire huge ecosystem of Raspberry Pi hats, which are called, hat stands for hardware attached on top. 
and uh, you can use it for things like uh, lights, motors, sensors, RGB screens, LED matrixes, all kinds of fun stuff uh, off of this little computer, which is significantly smaller and cheaper than a regular Raspberry Pi, uh, which, which, you know, the base model, which we discussed last week, the Raspberry Pi 4 one gigabyte goes for $35. So this is $20 cheaper than that. It's about a third of the size, and um, it also uses significantly less power uh, in that, you know, where that is maybe using, you know, um, maybe it's using, mm, you know, close to an amp just to idle. This here will do, I'm looking at our power consumption numbers, the has very, very low power consumption. So at idle, this will do about 250 milliamps and under extreme stress, like running a stress berry, which is like, you know, will, which is just basically maxing it out. It will use 580 milliamps. So very, very low power. You can power this very easily off of a USB port from your laptop. Uh, so, and so what would you do with this? You could use it to build robots. You could use it to, uh, you could use it to build an AI security camera. Uh, you can attach an official Raspberry Pi camera to the camera slot right here. Um, you can use it uh, for game emulation. Uh, you can use it as a little tiny computer for, for web surfing, although with 512 megabytes of RAM, it's not great as a desktop. But you can do that if you if you want to. Also, you can overclock this. We found it was really easy to get this up to 1.4 from the 1 gigahertz stock speed up to 1.4 gigahertz uh, with very with just a cheap heatsink on it. So uh, very easy for you to get a little bit of extra performance out of the Raspberry Pi 02W, uh, which should be available a lot of places now for $15. Wow. <clears throat> that's that's a, a, a decent upgrade for a, for a $5 change in price. It is a shame that the yeah. Wi-Fi is only 2.4N though. Yeah, they, they haven't, I mean, to really keep it simple and keep it, I mean, this is, the Raspberry Pi Zero line is extremely popular among Raspberry Pi people because, among Raspberry Pi fans, because it's so inexpensive and low power and small, so it's easier to throw into products like robots. Uh, of course, with the advent of the Raspberry Pi Pico, uh, some of the things that people were using Zero for they're now using Pico for because if they just needed it to be a microcontroller, the Pico is $4 and it has analog to digital functionality. So it's, it's good for, it's, it's a good replacement for a, you know, for an Arduino or something like that. But this is a full, that the zero two W just like the zero before it is a full fledged Linux PC. I have somewhere off behind me, a, Game Boy uh, like case.
pi zero, you stick it in there and it basically turns and, you know, gives you like, you run whatever emulators you want on it and it, it will, you know, run Game Boy games or whatever emulation you want. But, you know, there's, there's performance limitations. This, if I stuck this in the same case, I would probably get, be able to, I'd be able to emulate something like a PS1 or, or better, you know, better stuff. Of course, if you move up to Raspberry Pi 4, you're going to get even better emulation, the ability to at least do a Nintendo 64, um, and you are going to get better um, performance from AI. You know, you're going to get something like maybe three or four frames per second of image recognition instead of 1.75. But the the cost, the size, uh, the cost, the size, low power requirements, uh, low heat make this good for a lot of projects. What uh, one year I did uh, for my staff was I went and I got everybody Raspberry Pi Zero Ws as like holiday presents. And I just went and I put like, a, you know, micro SD card with like a little holiday greeting on it. And then, you know, I gave them each their, their like virtual card. Uh, on it and then you know but the, the trick was in order to see my greeting they had to actually like boot it up and, and try it so and that was a very affordable set of holiday gifts for me particularly because at one point micro center was selling the zero w for five dollars so which is the same price as the zero non-w uh so uh so that you know that's a good it it's definitely a less expensive sort of starter pie for people than um, than the original Pi, which is $35 now. Um, as we discussed last week, you used to get two gigabytes for $35. The price went up to $45 for two gigabytes, but you can still get the one gigabyte Pi for 35. By the way, um, just to follow up on our discussion from last week, uh, we had a episode of the PiCast show, which is another show that I host, which is only about Raspberry Pi, on Thursday to talk about this new announcement. And we had Raspberry Pi founder and CEO Evan Upton on, and we asked him about the price increases, and he told us he does not expect any the price of anything else to increase. Okay, that's good because we had had that conversation last week. Was do we think anything else is going to get hit by this? So. Yes, yes. So we got to talk to the leading authority on on whether it will. And he said he does not expect it. So that's um, good. And he he also said he expects to be able to fulfill to fulfill orders. Uh, you know, he expects to, even more. He doesn't expect major. He doesn't expect major shortages of anything. Although they are going to concentrate more on delivering Pi fours and delivering last generation Pi threes, which they still make. Uh, so there may be. People may have problems getting getting old fashioned Pi threes gotcha. if they want to buy a new Pi three today. Which, as a company, they never stop making. They almost never stop end of life things. They uh, they have a lot of industrial clients who buy these sorts of things and pop them into products that they're making. So they don't want to leave those companies out in the lurch. So they will continue making like they still make the Raspberry Pi two. They still make the Raspberry Pi A plus and B plus. 
there's no good reason for a normal person to buy that stuff because it's not cheaper. So if you're buying a Raspberry Pi, there's no reason to buy a three instead of a four, right? The four is right. the four is more powerful and it costs the same amount. But um, I mean, in this case, the Pi Zero W is going to continue to be ten dollars, and this is going to be continue to be fifteen. So there's an argument there about if you don't need the quad core, you could save five dollars. But um, but I think the the key message there is that they are going to be able to continue to continue to make you know continue to really deliver uh with the huge huge demand that is out there for for these products uh some folks have already gotten their zero twos and i saw a project just today where somebody took their zero two w and they are using it as a youtube subscriber counter they have it set up sure. to with a, like a seven segment display just showing how many YouTube subscribers they have at any given moment. Um, and again, that's a good use of something. I mean, granted, for that, they probably could have gotten away with the original Zero W. But oh, certainly. Um, uh, but that's a good use of a Zero series because you're not using that much power. So you're not wasting a ton of electricity, just leaving it there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's small and you can put it in a compact little box. So um, so anyway, uh, these are out. Definitely uh, a great addition to a great addition to the Raspberry Pi lineup. And as always, I say if you don't have a Raspberry Pi, you should get one. Uh, this is not a bad first Raspberry Pi for someone, although my recommendation is probably to go for the $35 Raspberry Pi 4, um, one gigabyte, and to get it in a kit that comes with other accessories that you might that you might need want to use with it. Gotcha. And I imagine you've got all kinds of more uh, yep. information on this. We have a review. We have an overclocking guide. Uh, we have some stories, other stories about it, and we're working on even some more. Uh, so definitely check it out at tomshardware.com. Fantastic. Well, as always, Avram, I I always appreciate you bringing these things. I I had heard about this um, partially because obviously I follow Tom's Hardware, but I had heard about it elsewhere, but I didn't have a ton of details on it. So I always always appreciate it, and I. Look forward to what we talk about next. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. Uh, it actively blocks threats like worms, dialers, rootkits, bots, and a whole bunch more. And you can use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. Obviously, we know 
hacks are constant these days, but uh, not all hacks are created equal. This one, you're going to shake your head at all the way through the story. So here's what happens. You've got this guy, Joshua Strait, and he's been uh, illegally accessing video from uh, Major League Baseball, uh, the National Basketball Association, National Football League, National Hockey League, and then uh, stealing the video, the live video, and then putting it behind his own paywall for which he charges access. Now, that alone is a stupid idea. <laughs> but it's not terribly uncommon. If you're watching us on Twitch, you're coming off of an infrastructure that was famous for illegal rebroadcasts. Uh, Justin TV was the place to watch uh, WWE uh, pay-per-view. But this is where it gets really dumb. This guy then contacts the MLB and tells them that he has uh, an active exploit and says... I, I want money for this bug. He contacts an executive of the MLB and tries to essentially says, I want money uh, for this bug. The one that he's using to actively uh, exploit and take the video and rebroadcast. The executive says, well, we appreciate that you're bringing a bug to our attention, but we don't have a bug bounty program. This guy says, oh, well, there should be a, a meeting of the minds. We should, <laughs> you should be more grateful that I would be bringing this to your attention. The guy's like, oh, I'm grateful. There's just nothing I can do about it. And he says, well, well, maybe, maybe what I'll do is I'll take this information to the news. <laughs> and the executive says, okay, how much money do you want? He says 150 grand. Now, if you know anything about bug bounty programs, anything more than a hug and a thank you is a surprise. 150 grand is ridiculous because now they know that there is an exploit. They don't know what it is exactly, but they know it's out there and they know what it's being used for. So their IT department is already looking for it. Anyway, <laughs> my guess is by the time this conversation was done, they had fixed it. Either way, uh, the, the, the guy from the MLB says, yeah, that's going to be a hard pass from us. Um, and apparently early on had passed this on to the Justice Department, who did their investigation, determined who the guy was, found him, and by the time he said, I want 150 grand or I'm going to the news, the Justice Department knew who he was and uh, filed charges. Okay, so in summary, Guy is making money from exploit on Major League Baseball's website. Decides to circumvent his own illegal income to go for a bigger, quicker payday and gets his knees taken out from under him. Hubris at its best. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty dumb. <laughs> Let's let's. I mean, that's pretty dumb. He, I mean, 
you got to assume they were, I mean, I guess if you're him, you got to assume they're eventually going to patch it and take his source of income away anyway. Mm -hmm. But now he's calling attention to himself and uh, got himself, uh, got himself in trouble with the law. So yeah, I mean, for both, for both the exploit and ex, um, uh, what, uh, what's the word extortion? (laughs) He got charged for both actively hacking the MLB system for profit and extortion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's not good. My question is, how does he get? How does he get to? I mean, maybe this is not that hard because I haven't tried it. How does he get to be emailing people at MLB? Do we? Can we all just email an executive at MLB to, to comment on things? You know, it's a fair question. I don't know. I was curious how yeah, that. I happened. didn't realize it was that easy. I didn't realize it was that easy. I mean, not that I have a great desire. I don't know. Listen, I don't like your, uh, I don't like the strike zone. Can you do something about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The pace of play is too slow. Can you do something about it? Um, costs too much to go to games. Can you do something about it? I mean, it, <laughs> there's so much, I don't know. There's so much wrong here. I know. <sighs> From what I understand I mean, from the Justice Department, the conversation did not start at the executive level. It was it was when the bug was submitted and then a payment was requested that that probably someone on the I you know vice president of of information yeah. security or some kind of you know oh, okay. low level executive got involved. And my guess is the 150K number was chosen because for somebody with a vice president in their name, they might have discretionary spending in that range. Because this really? is... Really? It could be. I guess it depends on the company. Right. I mean... Exactly. <laughs> my company, but, if you spend it, if you spend $1,000, they will be very... Uh, it right. will be heavily scrutinized. So I don't think... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe in baseball, they have a hundred fifty thousand dollars slush fund to spend on lunch or whatever. But you but, know, but certainly, no company I've worked for is my, that loose with money, right? But if he were to have asked for a million dollars, that's not going to fall under anybody except maybe Zuckerberg's discretionary spending. I guess is my point. I guess he was hoping he's proven. This guy has proven that he doesn't have a great grasp on what's happening. But yeah, I don't. I don't think the hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I don't think that he's thinking the way that you're thinking. Like, oh, I can get away with this because it's only hundred fifty thousand dollars. Maybe like Doctor Evil, he actually thinks this is a lot of money. Ever in uh, yes, Austin yes. Powers is one that's, million dollars. That's what I've been thinking about this whole time. Is that movie? As I was researching right. and writing this article, yeah. I wanted Doctor Evil to be. The header image. I knew there was no way that was going to go over, um, but I so yeah. wanted that to but, be. But yeah, because you know, I mean, it's like you don't know what a lot of what a big demand is. So maybe a hundred. But on the other hand, you're saying this is a small. De- this is a small demand on one level and a huge demand on another level. So, uh, you know, because it's huge for a bug bounty, but small for what you think they they think they could fly into the radar. I think okay. that this person. I've I've got 
The MLB tried to buy the documents tied to A-Rod's steroid use for around a million, and that wasn't inside the commissioner's office. That was just from the security spending. So that that came out of somebody's discretionary spending. Huh. Or would have if it had worked. Yeah. <laughs> Which it didn't. But. Yeah. But you say that was inside the commissioner's office. That no, was outside the commissioner's office. It wasn't inside the commissioner's office. That was right. outside the right. commissioner's office. Yeah. So that was, but you, that was somebody outside the commissioner's office who thought that they could get a, a million dollars into their discretionary spending without being noticed. Maybe this person needs a hundred has maybe this person just needs a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for something. I mean is right, that, right. <laughs> Sometimes people are very specific about how much they, they need to extort or steal. Like, you know, maybe Archer. they owe $150,000 in loans or something. On on Archer, uh, uh, Cyril pretended to kidnap Cheryl and asked for a very specific and strange number because he owed it to somebody or he had borrowed it from his 401k mm. or something. No, from his IRA. So, yeah. Right. Sometimes that happens. It's uh, weird. Um, but yeah, this is, I, we get to, we talk too often about successful high profile, uh, hacks and malware and, and you know, that kind of thing. This was just a funny story of a guy whose hubris got the best of him, uh, that I figured we had to have something a little goofy for Halloween. And that was my goofy story because you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wonderful. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is probably powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, you get a whole lot more, including... Uh, free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV movies and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to support the, uh, the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. We have quick links to these features and more, a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber, the ability to give it as a gift and uh, a lot more information all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So, uh, we know that uh, Black Friday is coming. It'll be a topic coming up here soon for us, I would imagine, uh, probably on the Pilch Point. But um, one of the things that has been hardest hit by the combination of Shipping issues uh, at ports in California and the chip shortages has been televisions. Televisions are also a big kind of staple product uh, in Black Friday uh, spending and Black Friday deals. Uh, But the price of televisions is up this year, an average of $100 uh, per unit. Now, obviously, an average does not mean every television is up $100. You're your you know two hundred and seventy nine dollar thirty two inch TV is not going to be up a hundred dollars, um, but if it's up fifty, that's a huge percentage, right? But if it's on a high end TV, a twenty five hundred dollar you know eight K sixty five inch, 
you know, a hundred dollar increase isn't going to be a big deal. What's that work out to 4%, right? Uh, so, uh, more expensive TVs aren't seeing, uh, as much of a problem. Smaller TVs are, um, obviously there was a lot of concern. Would we see TVs for black Friday? Would we see any TV deals through the holidays at all? The answer is yes, but the prices will be higher than what they likely would have been last year. Although we might see some of that start to come down now that uh, Florida has gotten into trying to help California out of their their port issues. We've had our first uh, ships show up here uh, at the Port of Tampa, uh, I think, Friday. So maybe we'll see some some inventory issues um, clear up with that. But we still have chip shortages. So this is going to be a... Not just in televisions, but this is where, this is one of the core products that's being, you know, affected. So here's the thing. And I, I say this because now I have to live this for like the next month or so because mm-hmm. we spend so much of our time in November uh, writing about deals. It is something that we, uh, we and all of our, our colleagues have to spend a lot of time on. There will always be deals, but the question is, is it actually a good deal. So the price of something maybe will go up and then maybe they'll drop it down a tiny bit. Right. And so they will market that as a deal, but it may be more expensive than it was six months ago, even with the deal or more expensive than it was a year ago, even with the deal. So, so that's, that's something to keep in mind. There will be, deals that may lead to you getting a television cheaper than it was the week before but maybe not even it may be that they raise the price for a few days so of course i recommend price history tools like the canalizer right uh which is a good a good one for tracking prices on amazon but uh yeah i mean yet another product category where the price of things is gonna go up i mean what i mean that is there's shipping issues and i mean look we are still in a global pandemic therefore things are going to be affected plus the demand for chips has gotten higher and higher i saw a story the other day i think it was the head of uh taiwan semiconductor Mm -hmm. uh TSMC, who said that uh, they would be chasing supply, that they expect chip chip uh, manufacturers to be chasing supply, not demand for, in other words, there would be more, there would be more demand and supply of chips right. for five to 10 years. So um, uh, now it all depends on what type of chips we're talking about, but there's chips in everything. There's chips in your TV and there's chips in your car and there's, and and, uh, there's chips in everything. So yeah. If um, you, if you watched our Roboticon coverage, the little, the little light that we had with the logo on our desk, there's chips in that. Right. So, uh, you know, it calls attention to the fact that we need more, um, you know, local production of, yeah. of chips. I mean, speaking from the United States perspective, we need more chip manufacturing here. And there's been some attempt to do that, although it's not coming online overnight. Uh, and then, you know, 
the the shipping issues i feel like those will be resolved long before the manufacturing issues for sure uh, especially also especially now that stuff is being diverted to florida um as yeah. as a, a bi-directional you know solution to the problem i think that's going to help a ton also keep in mind that i don't how many years away are we from from auto from self-driving trucks true i mean I mean, I, I mean, it's probably not, not, not that close, but on the other hand, De- depends on, depends on whether you're basing it on, uh, the video that, that Nicola launched or the reality of the fact that the truck was actually just heading downhill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, one my of my favorite stories from these last things, year. <laughs> I read, I, I end up periodically reading things about self-driving cars and they're always so bullish about like next year it's all going to be self-driving car they're like so bullish about it and the stuff that i see is always like the first sector to be the first sector to take over to be taken over is going to be trucking i mean that's uh you know that's what they're that's what they're always what they're always saying is like shipping is going to be shipping is going to become you know, is going to become automated drivers before human being, before individual drivers are going to give up their, give up their cars. So, although, or give up driving their cars, I should say. So, you know, I mean, anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. I think the bottom line is yes, TV prices will be a bit higher. However, look, perhaps folks will also have saved some money on by not spending it on other things, depending on what their stance was uh, during pandemic times. Like maybe they weren't going to the movies as much. Sure. Maybe they weren't going to restaurants as much. So maybe that money that they didn't spend on restaurants and they didn't spend on the movies and they didn't spend on vacation. Uh, maybe they, didn't they can spend afford to put toilet paper. <laughs> well, you're always going to need the toilet paper. I mean, you know, eventually you'll, eventually you'll need the toilet paper, right? But uh, maybe all maybe that maybe they can afford the TV. I mean, I'm not. This is not to say that you know we don't want things to get cheaper than they were, and it isn't kind of embarrassing to your you know when you look and say, hey, wait, I'm paying more than it cost at one time. But you know what? When you buy any product, you're buying time with it, right? And life is only so long. So if you buy an OLED TV today. And then it's a hundred dollars cheaper three months from now, or it was a hundred dollars cheaper three months ago, and you missed it. You're still getting that time to enjoy that product. So, you know what? Enjoy, like, don't be obviously don't be frivolous. But you know, if something can change your experience, then then do it. Like, enjoy it. Last week, last week I saw Dune. Have you seen Dune? yet i haven't so i i've i think you and i've had discussions about like the death of movie theaters and what streaming has meant to like you know things like black widow where it kind of got hurt by streaming and dune actually was sort of somewhat exceptional in that it did it did enough box office in the first weekend despite being on hbo max 
that they commissioned the sequel, which is good because it's only the first half of the book. But I'm very skeptical when directors say things like, oh, this is meant to be experienced on the big screen because nobody ever admits that they're like, that they're, nobody ever wants to admit, oh, this is just fine on your TV. It's just okay on your phone. But you know what? This movie looks really good. Like it's got (laughs) some really epic landscapes and really epic, and really epic looking stuff. And I could totally see why somebody would want to see this on a big screen. So you know what? If you can go spend an extra, if you have to spend an extra hundred bucks more than you might have to get yourself a really nice TV so that you can watch Dune on it and the next things that come after Dune, right? Um, Then it's worth it. You could also just also sit because... to the television. <laughs> I suppose, but I'm I'm also talking <laughs> about the color quality too, right? I know. Right, like, <laughs> right, like I watched it on. I'm not a big spender on TV, so my family and I we have like a 39 inch TV. It's not, you know, it's 1080p and it is definitely not high quality color. And because we were never like, oh, we don't want to spend good money on this. Now we may we've talked about like yeah you know it might be time to get a larger television like 50 55 inches get something that has 4K and has like better quality color sure. maybe not OLED cuz OLED is so expensive but like you know maybe one of those other quantum quantum dot or something like I get it why people would want to see something like Dune on a nice TV so you know what? If spending that extra hundred bucks, well, it's more than hundred bucks in total, but spending a little bit more now, right? And consider that it would have probably cost if you had a family of five, probably would have cost you around hundred bucks to go see to see go see doing the movie theater anyway. Like, do it so you can enjoy some of these some of these films that are coming out, like Dune, that really do look nice on on a better TV. I'm sure. So, anyway. Uh, you know, maybe having a good TV is is a good investment. Um, Adam mentioned uh, in the in the chat. He says uh, people didn't want to watch Lord of the Rings in theater. Uh, the high frame rate uh, Lord of the Rings in theaters. In fact, most theaters stopped supporting it. Um, but watching it on a modern television is incredible. So sometimes, depending on what the technology is, sometimes watching it at home is a better experience than the theater anyway. So, yes. Um, um, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons why watching it at home is a better experience. For sure. There's uh, no that, sticky that floors go, and popcorn. It's not $18. It's go way beyond, you know, if you have children. I mean, there's sure. so many other factors, right? So, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, multiplexes do not necessarily have all have wonderful projection and audio systems anyway. So, you know, so anyway, long story short, yes, TVs will cost more. You will still be able to find okay prices on them. Uh, and, uh, I recommend that if you don't have a decent TV, it might be, it might be a good investment because if you're really getting good use out of it you know what enjoy it now because you can always there's always with electronics you can always wait it will things will always get cheaper things will always get better 
Although TVs haven't gotten appreciable, aren't getting appreciably better year to year. True, true. Well, the 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 point of the topic wasn't to do this, but coming up soon, uh, you'll definitely want to keep track of Tom's Hardware and uh, and its yeah. sister sites. Yes. For deals. Yes. So we don't do a lot of TV coverage. So uh, Tom's Guide, uh, our sister site, or Tech Radar, our sister site, will definitely find, ha- already has good deals listed on on uh, TVs. Uh, we are more have so, more so have deals listed on monitors, which you could use as a TV. Sure. To watch uh, to watch things, you could sit at your you buy a nice beautiful 4K monitor and sit not that far from it. And watch uh, and watch Dune in your web browser. See, being close. Whatever you do, you got to watch Dune because it looks okay. fantastic. Okay, I've got a I've got a nice 4K TV right off off camera here, so yeah. we'll <laughs> we'll do that. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We had a very active. Uh, chat room tonight on both youtube and on twitch thank you for that um if you didn't join us live would like to in the future sunday night 9 p.m eastern f5live.tv slash join us uh there you can participate in the show give us your your feedback while we talk if it's relevant we will bring it up in the show if it is not we might skip you for a little while so um but yeah, and if you can't join us uh, live, that's okay too. Pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows and all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Um, we've got some stuff coming up, though November, if all goes well, should be smooth sailing as <laughs> so we head into uh, the weirdness that is December. Not so much for Abram over at Tom's Hardware, but definitely for us over here, things should be pretty calm. (laughs) November is a pretty rough month uh, for Abram, but it's a little calm for us. Uh, So our shows should be pretty normal over the next couple of weeks. Thank goodness. Uh, And so with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. There we go. And we will see you back next time. Ciao.